It's Black Friday, and in the world of crypto, that's not a good thing. But not all is gloomy, and according to Nathaniel Popper, there are five reasons why crypto prices are plunging again, but we'll get to that later. What's up, our crypto peeps? This is Crypto Market 360 coming at you once again on Technical Analysis Friday. Hope everyone had an amazing Thanksgiving with family, friends, food, and, of course, football. So, Brian... Did you have a good turkey day, and did you become a turkey and stuff yourself? <laughs> yeah, um, actually, I, I ate pretty well. Um, uh, we had some. Uh, uh, I went to my wife's side of the family, and uh, we had we had a good old time. I had a couple a uh, couple things that I found out. Uh, one, no one knows what's going on in the world of Bitcoin and blockchain by any means whatsoever. <laughs> um, I, I brought it up. To a lot of people there and they have no clue what's going on behind the scenes wow it's, it's, um, so so that just tells me a couple things one it's sort of like the you know the the pre-internet days too a couple of years prior to the internet nobody knew what was going on either until it started to become a little bit more mainstream and I, I i got that feeling again when we were talking but no it was a good it was a good talk it was just i, I got a lot of questions because people were like what's going on what's this what's that so it was kind of cool. So that I, I kind of had a good turkey day with doing that kind of stuff. Hey, that that and that just goes to again say this is why we should do what we're doing, getting the word out there, making people become more aware of what's really going on. Yeah. So and of course I know we're a little bit of rivals on football because I'm a Redskins fan, you're a Cowboys fan, but I still I still love you, Paul. I do. Even though know. even though the Cowboys did take over the Redskins yesterday. Hold on, t- time out. We didn't have the discussion. I didn't know you were a Redskins <laughs> fan. Are you serious? <laughs> well, I was, I was born in Baltimore, so um, I wasn't really a Colts fan growing up. I was more of a Redskins fan uh, when I just for my family being out of East. And I just kind of stuck with them over the years, and you know, I had some really good years when it was the, you know, the hogs and all that going on, you know, in the early days. But they've been ugly for a long time. But I, I got my hopes up a little bit this year. But yeah, the Cowboys downed them a little bit this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you, and I know we're not gonna get too far off with football, but I tell you, Alex, I tell you, I, when he when he broke his leg, I, I mean, it was weird. A friend of mine was telling me that it happened like at the same spot, the, like the same day or the same time, or so. It's crazy. Yeah, that's oh, scary. Just the thought of that is just crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so. Congrats! On, so, congrats on your boys. Thanks, thanks. I appreciate it. They, <laughs> But listen, we both know in the NFC, there's no way either one of those teams are going anywhere. <laughs> no, no, no. Like you said on, the, like you said on your uh, news thing this morning, uh, the NF, NFC, what did you say, N- NF least? The NF, NFC yeah, least? NFC least. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Because <laughs> <laughs> they ain't the East. <laughs> so, uh, so, of all oh, the thi- so of all the things that you had to eat, what was probably one of the things that you enjoyed the most? Um, I know this is going to sound kind of weird, but uh, my wife's side of the family is uh, is German, so they always have sauerkraut uh, at Thanksgiving. So some of the homemade sauerkraut that they make is awesome, and I and I don't get that very often, and I love it. So that's that's one of my favorites at, at, at Thanksgiving when it's on my wife's side is oh. sauerkraut. I know it sounds weird, but it's it's good. Yeah, no, no. I, I actually was at a friend's house, and they had, and this is the first time I actually had it, and I, I'm from Texas, right? And I know people have a debate, is Texas the South, and blah, blah, blah. But she made this dish that was like a hominy cheese uh, casserole. I'd never had that, but it was delicious. 
Hmm, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. So, so Brian, listen, this has been an ugly market, to say the least. Do you see anything that can remotely be bullish about this market right now? Um, really not a lot at the moment, no. And um, what, I, what I did this morning is I kind of just put out a chart uh, to, to look for, like, what to look for. Because right now the primary trend is bearish. I mean, of course. I mean, it's down. Uh, we did have some early signs of maybe turning it over to the bulls, uh, but really the bears were just kind of still overall the primary trend. So I put a chart out this morning to show some signals of like what would change this to a primary bullish trend. Um, so I know you guys can't see the chart, but we will have the link, and I did tweet it out. So as you're listening, uh, it, you can pull the chart up and check it out. Uh, but a couple of things I wanted to touch on it was um, – there's, there's, there's some indicators and stuff to look for to define a bull market. And, I, and I'm laying out uh, moving averages, advanced decline lines, volume, uh, support and resistance areas, and some momentum indicators. But I'm really just touching on a couple of these. And one of them is, is you know, just moving averages in themselves. Um, I, I put the 50, the 100 day, and the 200 day on this daily chart. Um, and when you look at the chart, it's kind of interesting because um, if you look at it from a point that if these prices are trading underneath these moving averages, it's going to be a bearish market. You really want the prices to be on the other side of the 50, the 100, and the 200 day on the upside to be a bullish market. But for a, for a long time, um, we've, we've been trading under the 100 day, and really for even a longer time, uh, the, the solid green chart or green line on the chart is the 200 day. And as you can see, there was a lot of resistance where price was touching that over history. So that's been telling us that this thing's been longer term bearish. So given that, as we're as we're free falling at the moment, um, you you know these averages will start to come down because these are you know they as as some of the other prices fall off and the new prices come on and and get that average, uh, these averages are going to start to fall. Uh, and so that will be one signal to look for for is when the prices start to get above the moving average. Might be a while, but that's the first sign. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you say it might be a while. I definitely tell you the sentiment is, you know, it seems like every day new articles come out where they continue to drop this level. At first it was like 6,000, then it was 4,000, then you hear 3,000, now you're hearing 1,000. It's like, at what point do we determine what the true bottom is going to be? Yeah, well, uh, what I'm pointing out here really isn't trying to pick a bottom. It's just telling you... Um, is the market in a primary trend of for the bulls or for the bears? And um, like you know, when we talked a couple weeks ago, when we were up around 6,500, and we and we were starting to get these little updates, and it was starting to get a little bit of a, a, a support level uh, to where there was a support trend line starting to be built, and and that was a little sign that the bulls could have some life. Um, there wasn't a lot of momentum, so it didn't really launch out like it should. It would have launched above the 100-day, and it probably would have helped to get above the 200-day if it would have had some momentum. But without the momentum, it was just like you got to be careful and you got to put your stops in underneath because if this does fall, it's going to continue the bearish trend, and that's exactly what's happening. So it was a little sign of life. So that's one of the other things I, I kind of talk about on the chart is to identify these support and resistance levels. And it was starting to create that support, but it didn't hold, so it's fallen out of bed. So next to look for is the resistance level at that 5,000-ish level. Um, now that's actually becoming a ceiling more than it was support earlier. So that 
is another thing. We're not even anywhere near a bullish market until the first sign will be to get above these major resistance levels. And right now, that's the next major resistance. But if this starts to fall and we get down to 3,000 or 2,000, that resistance level or that ceiling starts to become a little lower. Um, but for now, it's right around 5,000. So your first sign of a bullish trend would be, for, would be to get back above 5,000. Not necessarily a change in the primary trend, but that could be that first signal like, okay, things might start to change. But as you start to do that, then you're going to start drawing another trend line, which doesn't exist right now, for, for an upswing, like an uptrend market. And right now we don't have that at all, so that needs to start establishing. And I think what we need to see is get above 5,000, and then as it, as it comes off of profit-taking or any reason, you know, noise that brings out highs and lows, um, you start to bring this uh, new support in the market. Um, not even close at the moment, uh, but those are signs that you got to start looking for is, is uh, you know, get above those moving averages, get above the resistance levels and, and find some buying interest. And right now we don't have that. So it's kind of ugly <laughs> at the moment. It really is, you know, and, and that's the thing. And, and speaking from historical perspectives, again, from watching the many times the market has pulled back, you know, uh, I think that people, especially those who are probably new to the space and got in toward the end of last year when it was at its height of $20,000, they're really mm -hmm. feeling the pain. But if they are able to hang around, and I don't necessarily mean hang around as far as holding on, but I'm saying hang around and keep paying attention, eventually this thing will turn around. And when it does, I think we're going to see a lot of fireworks go off. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the last two things real quick on the chart. Uh, I got two indicators on there. One is the ADX uh, that I that I follow a lot, and that measures the momentum for trend. And then the two lines that are plotted against it, the red line and the green line, the red is the negative directional index. So this is a good indicator to show you what trend is in control. And of course, right now the bears are in control with a high red dis, uh, directional index line. So you want, the, you want the green positive directional index line actually increasing um, to show you a bullish trend. And of course, when you look at this indicator, we're nowhere near that. Uh, and, and before that, they were all kind of tangled up. The directional index lines were tangled up and the ADX was really low. So it was it was trying to establish some type of trend again, but there wasn't any momentum. So the overall trend, which was bearish, is, is what still maintained to the downside. And then of course, we got some momentum behind it now, and now it's kicking to, you know, kicking to the downside. And the other one is the RSI. Uh, which is an overbought oversold indicator and of course we're extremely oversold we're down at record levels for the rsi uh really really low but you know we can stay in oversold conditions for a long time so one thing to look for on the rsi is for the rsi to kick back above the 30 level that i have on this on this chart here at least look at that and then if the rsi kicks above that level that's a signal that more buyers might be coming back into the market when that happens, you're probably going to see prices getting close to resistance and possibly breaking above 5,000, or even you know, as the moving averages start to come down toward that level, um, you, you'll start to see price come above those levels. And at, at that time, you'll see the RSI coming up out of uh, oversold conditions, bringing some buyers into the market. So those are all the signals that I'm kind of looking for as we move forward to give me the sense that we're in a primary bullish market. Now, am I trying to pick the bottom on this? No. Because it could go down to three thousand and pop back up, um, and 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 get above five thousand again, and that's the signal for me that we're back in a bullish market. I'd rather buy at five instead of three, knowing that the bulls are in control. That way, if I buy at five, it's going to eleven or whatever. 
versus buying at three and it drops to one, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So it's a conservative way of looking at things because you're just, you're just waiting for that primary switch and that major sentiment in the market. And right now the, the bulls are just sitting on the back burner at the moment. Yeah, no, that's good that you point that out. And you're, you're absolutely right. I think people, again, stay patient, keep a level head and just, you know, Again, I, I keep using the word, be patient with this market because if you are, I think you'll have opportunities. One thing on your chart that you don't really talk about, and I know that you're a big fan of it, is the whole Fibonacci sequence. Uh, how does that play into this right now? Are we seeing any key levels that we need to be paying attention to based on Fib? Um, actually, the uh, right where the price is currently at, right around 4200 or so, um, there's, a, there's a Fibonacci line that I'm following um, that I don't have on the chart, of course. But if you go back to like September of uh, or August September of seventeen, uh, when where you know it made that high, I think it was in September seventeen, where it made a high right around that that resistance level, which is right around five thousand, and then the market dropped to twenty nine hundred or so in in that same month, uh, or or the next month maybe it was September, so that moved from five thousand to twenty nine hundred, way back in history that there was a resistance level that broke to the upside, which is a Fibonacci level, which was a 61.8% level that's back there that I'm watching. That's right where prices are currently at. So a lot of people might be talking about this support that we're seeing in the market. It's it's probably coming, I mean, it's coming in from, from what I'm looking at is a 61.8% Fibonacci level, which is right around this 4,200, that is a, is a key kind of, you know, you'll hear the terms order blocks um, this is where a lot of consolidation of orders came in uh, to where buyers started to come back into the market. And then, of course, we launched fast there and got really bullish. So that's a significant level to see uh, that, that first level of maybe we can start building some support. And so far we are. We're getting a little couple bounces off of this level. Uh, but, but I'm not, you know, that's why I'm saying, yeah, we're getting some support here. But we need some lower, um, some higher lows as we're doing this. To start establish that bullish trend again, or we get some movements above some resistance levels and and moving averages and those kind of things to be a lot more confident that it's switched. But that's the Fibonacci level that I'm actually looking at. But I, I don't really have it on the chart, but it's right around that 4200 where we're kind of testing support at the moment. Awesome, awesome. Well, you know, one of the things when you're looking at the fundamentals of this thing, and there was a great article that came out in CCN, and it was titled, Not All Gloomy, 79% Drop of Bitcoin is Smallest Major Correction to Date. So, again, for those people who haven't been around, believe it or not, this has been the smallest correction of all the history of corrections in the Bitcoin market, which is shocking, but the reality is that it seems more painful than... Um, than we probably can can imagine. I think it's more painful because there was a lot more players that came into the market yep. at the high, and that's what and that's what makes it really uh, kind of tough on the gut. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then and of course the higher the numbers were much bigger, but the reality is we've seen an eighty six point seven percent correction, an eighty two point six, an eighty three point three, and we even saw a ninety four point three correction. Mind you, that ninety four point three correction was the price going from the high of thirty five to a low of two dollars. So that doesn't seem so massive, and it doesn't seem so painful. But the reality is, is it's a much larger drop. Yeah, yeah, just a, a little bit longer drop. It's yeah. a, you know, like the number of weeks is getting you know 
it's just gonna. It might take a while, right? And if you notice, that's yeah. another thing too on that chart they show is that that particular drop lasted eighty-one weeks, whereas the drop, even the last drop we had that was eighty-six point seven, lasted a hundred and sixty-nine weeks, which was double that. So mm-hmm. there's a potential we could be in this for a lot longer than a lot of people could imagine. Yep, and and, and one of the things that they're talking about here is. Uh, in this article is is four thousand is is the is four thousand the bottom is what they're kind of asking, and and I think this is where it gets kind of dangerous of trying to figure out where those levels are, um, you know, trying to say well four thousand looks good or four three thousand looks good, um, it's really hard to pick a bottom in a market. I mean, it, it's almost impossible to be honest, um, but it's uh it's it's a uh, that's why I was throwing out a chart that says. You know, let this thing kind of ride down and, and establish a bottom, but look for these types of signals to at least give us a hint of what a, bull, a primary bullish trend starts to look like. And right now, none of that's happening. Um, yeah, we're on some support near 4,000, and it could be the bottom. I, I kind of hope it I hope it is. But if it does drop to 3,000 or 2,000, you know, then I'm able to buy a little bit more. <laughs> uh, but uh, but it's just kind of interesting on there's a lot of people are questioning: Is four thousand a bottom? Is three thousand a bottom? Uh, I don't. I don't know, and I don't think anybody else really knows. <laughs> that is true, and I tell you, the thing is, is that you know Nathaniel Popper actually wrote a book about um, what could possibly be causing uh, some of this pullback. And one of the first reasons that he had given, uh, and again, if the, for those people that don't know, Nathaniel Popper is a New York Times bestseller. He's written several books on cryptocurrency, and he was giving reasons why the prices might be plunging again. But the first one was relying on unregulated infrastructure and exchange is risky. And, and I would have to agree with him. The challenge is, is that we are still in a very new space with these on-ramps and a lot of these exchanges some of them are still highly unregulated but we're also starting to see that the bigger ones are getting regulated so I just think it's going to take some time for us to move the needle on that and get exchanges that can be truly regulated and easy for people to enter on yeah you need that you need that uh, that ease of use and 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 you know as well as anybody else in this space it takes a little bit of work to do some of this moving around so until it starts to be one second we lost brian we'll get him right back here in about two seconds <laughs> yeah so we're back all right cool so yeah so and another reason that that uh he was giving was that the regulators are cracking down uh and we saw that with the sec coming out and there were four more icos that they've hit so again this is an issue is that we're going to see the SEC probably come out and crack down on even more ICOs, and as that happens, that could potentially have an impact on the market. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely see that for sure. And, and one of the neat things, well, not neat, one of the interesting things about the whole ICO thing is that, I don't know if you realize this, Brian, or not, but there's like, there was a, a, a set, I think it's like 12 companies or 12 projects that conducted an ICO. Most of them was over $50 million. They have not even launched anything so can you imagine that many projects out there that have you know collected 50 million dollars just a lot of money and they haven't done anything so it could be painful oh yeah absolutely absolutely i mean that's why you know people got to really do their due diligence on you know when you're getting into these companies make sure there's a team established and and i mean there's a lot to look at but a lot of these are just a white paper and a dream and 
Yep. They don't really have to do anything, do they? <laughs> they, they, they? They really they really don't have to do much. And so that's part of the issue is that, again, I think we're going to see a shake out. A couple other yep. reasons that he had given was cryptocurrencies are managed by communities of developers. That can get messy, which I would agree with him on that one. And he was talking about crypto, cryptocurrencies were going to solve all kinds of real world problems, but the real world hasn't had much of a use for cryptocurrencies, which is true yeah, in, in the U.S. Yeah. There's a there's a growing period and it could you don't know what that is could be two three five years, uh, maybe even longer who knows but I mean you definitely need a, um, some time to grow and build that infrastructure. But here's the thing even even with I think a lot of this is taken from a U.S. centric look and the reality is is that I read an article this morning talking about down in Latin American countries it says that for us it's speculation for them it's survival and they are actually using cryptocurrencies whereas here we speculate a lot with it so you know i think yep. globally i think there are some use cases for it oh and a lot more actual use cases being done at the moment uh that's outside the u.s um that i think is you know very attractive knowing that uh, that space is growing in other areas and like you said our eyeballs are a lot more on speculation than it is on actual things getting done. Yeah, and last but not least, this one sort of cracked me up. Governments could get into cryptocurrencies and do a better job of managing them. I'm not sure I agree with Nathaniel on that one. I know what he's getting <laughs> Run at. For the hills. No. <laughs> I, no, I'm just kidding. I know what he's getting at. He's getting at these, and I'm starting to see this trend developing, and I put this in the newsletter this morning, CM360 brief, is that we are going, we're continuing to evolve toward the tokenization of all currencies and i think it was tim draper who said that by the year of 2025 he doesn't believe that we'll be using fiat currency at all and that's paper monies whether that's us dollars or yens or yuans but we'll be using digital currencies and i can see that because both the central banks are really looking at interesting uh issuing digital currencies and if we start looking at things like stos which is a tokenization of things like real estate we're gonna see ourselves get into this tokenized society eventually oh i i absolutely agree i actually i look at it as an arms race you know if uh every country out there if you don't if you don't start getting onto this type of world uh and this type of you know cryptocurrencies in general and start using it as a as your own you know sovereign currency um and you just don't do it i think other countries are going to overtake you because i think that technology is going to grow and if you don't keep in it um i think you're in trouble yeah yeah definitely well hey folks we're gonna let you go on your friday we're hoping that you're gonna be able to enjoy your weekend um it feels like it's already the weekend which it is but with thanksgiving on thursday it always screws me up <laughs> i am I, yeah it definitely feels like the weekend right now <laughs> yeah yeah so, so as always I'm ready, hey, I'm ready to party there you go ready to party and you know and definitely for me i think this weekend i'm going to be definitely closing the laptops and opening some bottles <laughs> yeah you and me both you awesome. and me both cool all right well thanks a lot brian and uh hey all right, listeners, thanks for listening we appreciate it and we'll uh talk to you again next friday all right take care all, all right